Hi, folks. David here from the roadswetravel.ca. The title of my message today is called Trusting God. Of all the words that's used throughout the Bible, I believe these two words, trusting God, have the greatest impact on our personal walk. And yet those same two words are the most difficult to obey. It's kind of funny that we can go out in the morning, get in our car, either push a button or turn the key, and the car starts. We place the car and drive, and the car moves forward. We apply the brake, and the car stops. We are placing our trust totally in the manufacturer of that vehicle, and we don't think twice about it. But when it comes down to trusting God, our spiritual father and creator, we have a very difficult time in trusting him totally. When things are going good in our lives, it's easy to say, sure, I trust God with all my heart and soul. But when things get tough, you lose your job, your business is gone, you've just been diagnosed with an uncurable sickness, or worse still, you just lost a loved one, the words trust God are very difficult to understand. You know, one of the greatest things I have learned in my personal journey with God is the stronger my relationship is with Jesus, the stronger my trust in him has become. And yes, trusting God is a journey. Let's go back to our cars for a moment. You have a new car. It's under warranty. You go out one morning, push the button, turn the key, and your vehicle does not start. Or what happens when you place the shifter in drive position and your vehicle does not move? What do you do? You call the dealership. They know the car. They built the car. And they should have all the factory parts to repair it in new condition. They come and pick up the car, repair it, return it, hopefully at no cost to you. Why did you send it back to the dealership? Because they know the car and every part in it better than anyone. Well, God is similar to that car dealership. There's no one that knows us more than him. He created us in his image. He knows exactly what we are going through. Bible tells us he knows the number of hairs on our head. He loves us. We are his children. Who better to reach out to when we are in trouble? But instead, what do we do? We try to handle things on our own, or we turn to others looking for help. Sometimes we become so dependent on others that they become our crutch, and God is forgotten or placed in the back seat. Folks, it's a dangerous situation when we place our total trust in others over trusting God. We are playing with fire when this happens because I assure you, sometime in your life, you will get hurt and disappointed. People hurt people because we are flesh and the enemy will use our friends, our family, our business associates, whoever he can to cause us pain and create turmoil in our lives. You know, my dad once told me, and just a little bit about my dad, he was my best friend and I worked with him. We worked together. We had a business together. I argued with him. I loved him and I respected him. And I was only 34 when he passed away suddenly. But one of those life's lessons he taught me was to be very careful in life. 
that even as important as a handshake can be, never put my total trust in man. And I've lived by that my entire life. But I like to share with you my first experience in trust. And it was the day that I went from being a non-believer or a skeptical believer, we'll say, to a believer. And it was during a 24-hour radical encounter I had with God in Northern California. It's, It's important for you to know I was not looking for God, but he showed up and he showed me very clearly what my life would look like if I allowed him in my heart. But what really convinced me to trust him, God gave me a taste of what real peace and real joy looks like when he is in the midst of it. He showed me what my life could look like if I came to him. And for the first time, I placed my total trust in someone and I told him I wanted more of what he had to offer. And from that day on, he has never let me down. Yes, there have been many times I've asked the question, where are you, Lord? What did I do to deserve this? Why are you allowing this to happen to me? Why me, Lord? It's unfortunate that we allow those life storms to cause us to forget or not to believe one of God's greatest and precious promises. And that's in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. God did not promise us that life would be smooth sailing, but he did promise us he can help us through the storm, any storm, and bring joy back to our hearts. And we're all going to experience storms. The intensity may be a category one or a category five, but a storm is still a storm. And it's how we react when those winds start blowing will determine not only how long that storm is going to last, but will also determine our personal condition when we come out the other side. Let me share a Bible storm story with you, and I'm sure we all know it well. It's a story of the disciples and Jesus. It's from the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. But let me first give you a little bit of context or background on what was happening this day. Jesus is preaching to large crowds near the Sea of Galilee. To get a better feel of what's happening, let's put ourselves in this story. And we can be one of the apostles or we can be one of those in the crowd who has just come out to see this man they call the Son of God. Big crowds of people, probably thousands, people pushing in to try to hear Jesus, people wanting to touch him, people getting healed. The excitement and the thrill of being there with Jesus must have been an awe. There is no big stage, PA system, or security to handle the crowds, just Jesus and the apostles doing God's work. It must have been absolutely incredible and exhausting. So now it's the end of the day. He's tired, and he's wanting to take some time and solitude to rest. Now, verse 35 says, As evening fell, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. 
So they took him just as he was and started out, leaving the crowds behind, though other boats followed. Now, everybody's on fire for Jesus. Now, we've often heard the term being in the will of God. There's no doubt in my mind these disciples are in the will of God. They just completed a great day with Jesus. They have witnessed healings and miracles. They are on fire for the Lord. Jesus tells them to get in the boat. They obey. They get in the boat, and Jesus is in the boat with them, and they are now heading to the other side. They are in the will of God. Now, verse 37 reads, But soon a terrible storm arose. High waves began to break into the boat until it was nearly full of water and about to sink. Now, let's talk about the storms of life for a moment. Every storm, every painful event that we go through can consist of, for the sake of this story, let's call it three types of winds. We have the physical winds, the emotional winds, and then we have the spiritual winds. Let's look at how these three winds relate to this story. Here we are, late in the day, the boat is crossing the bay. Without warning, the sky darkens down. The physical wind becomes wild and furious. Waves are coming in from all directions. Water's crashing over the boat. The boat's filling up. As fishermen would say, they are in the heart of the storm. This is the physical part of the storm, which we have absolutely no control over. Circumstances have occurred out of their control. Verse 38 reads, Jesus was asleep at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. As young people would say, Jesus is chillaxing. Nothing's going to bother him. However, the emotional winds are now blowing around in the boat. Now, these men are worried they're going to die at sea. Fear and panic sets in. Keep in mind, some of these guys are professional fishermen. And things must be pretty bad out there when those guys are afraid for their lives. These emotional winds or feelings that we go through during a storm is really what determines how long that storm is going to last and what we are going to look like when we come out the other side. Those emotions can be hurt and pain and fear and anger and hate. It just goes on and on. Let's see what happens in verse 38. Frantically, they wakened up shouting, Teacher, don't you even care that we are all about to drown? Then he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Quiet down. And the wind fell, and there was a great calm across the bay. And he asked them, Why were you so fearful? Don't you even yet have confidence in me? And they were filled with awe and said among themselves, who is this man that even the winds and the seas obey him? Those verses show how easy it is for all of us to question the promises and principles of God. Those spiritual winds we encounter during a storm allow doubt, unbelief to cloud our minds. And that stormy night on the water, those apostles feared for their lives, even when Jesus was in the boat with them. Why? 
because they allowed the winds of doubt and unbelief to prevent them from totally trusting God. God knows exactly what we're going through. Yes, there will be storms and struggles in our life that seem impossible to bear. And yes, there will be times when our faith will be tested. But trusting God will help us make it through. When those storms come, pray to the one who is in charge. Stand firmly on the promise that when a believing person prays, great things happen. That's James 5:16. God is bigger than any storm we will face. He can be our lifeline. We do not need to fight the winds and the waves alone. We need to anchor ourselves to him because he has promised to guide us home to safe harbor, regardless of the size of the storm. Lord, we thank you that you are the God of the impossible. You can do anything. We want to trust in your ability and not our own. Help us get through whatever storm that life puts in our path. We have nothing to fear with you by our side. We will be strong and courageous even in hard times. We will not be terrified or discouraged for you are with us wherever we go. You will not leave us or forsake us. We do not need to figure everything out as you already know the best plan for our lives. We will not try any man-made method to do only what you can do. Show us, Lord, your supernatural power. Teach us how to walk by faith and pray breakthrough prayers. Give us victory over our enemies. Fill us with your presence and your unshakable faith. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the power and the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, folks. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. God bless you all. Amen.